Welcome to Why the Long Face, two old friends lifting the lid on mental health over a beer with author and psychiatrist Paul Keedwell and business consultant and so-called comedian Ollie Turnbull. Hello and welcome to Why the Long Face. Um, today we are we are hitting this ep dry. We're actually not um, drinking any beer. I forgot about that. Because yeah. it's a daytime. We're doing a daytime recording. We're yeah, fitting in, we're squeezing it in. I feel wretched. You feel wretched, for being, wretched. Yeah. for being straight. I think there's something wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So today, what are we talking about? So the uh, topic du jour, as yes. they say in France, uh, or well, they say today's topic in France, is, is there a gender gap in depression? And mm. what we mean by that is, um, is depression more likely in one gender than the other? Is it likely to manifest itself in different ways? Or could there be different causes? So we're going to get into dodgy territory uh, in terms of differences between men and women. Um, Why? And, uh, well, we, Why is it dodgy? I don't know. It can be, though, can it? People can, you know, because genders can be equal but different, right? Oh, well, that's what I think, but I'm a gammon. I'm an I'm a old Oh, uh, you're, you're, you're so automatically so defensive about it. I'm a little bit defensive about saying, just in case I sound... Is that, is that because you're a man and you're deep down, you, you're just biased uh, yeah. against women? It might be. It might be, or it might sound Why do you like hate that? women so much? <laughs> I don't know. I love Nanny. <laughs> and then, you loved Nanny's breast. All I can remember, yeah, my, I think it's my childhood oh memories of the warmth but, of, uh, <laughs> of, the, of the, the bosom that I only truly loved. Anyway, I think what you were asking me is: is there any difference in, uh, to start with between uh, female depression and male depression? Right, that's it, pretty much. In right. a nutshell. And what do you think? Um, my my experience is that the core features of depression are the same in both genders depression looks the same in uh, women and men that's my uh, in terms of take the stuff we've talked about before loss well, of appetite loss of libido yeah. uh, all the core early morning features. waking not taking pleasure right. in things such, such, such. right the content of your thought might be different because context is different but uh, the problems with lack of energy lack of pleasure uh, low mood and all the other things that go with it. So, for example, if you did one of your tests on one of your um, clever scales that you, you talk about, mm. you think they would work for men and women equally effectively? Well, we, well I don't just think. I know that oh. uh, all our, what we call psychometrics, are not, they're not specifically ta tailored uh, for one gender or another. Right. Unless you're talking about a specific context like postnatal depression. Which we'll talk about later. Yeah, where it's useful to have a special scale for that because it's a special context. Got it. Absolutely. But the other question was, is the prevalence different? And I know it is. And you're going to tell me how yeah. different it is. Yeah. So women are twice as likely as men to develop major depression. An obvious question from me mm. is as following. Is that because men are getting depressed as often as women but not reporting it? And women are more able to express depressive feelings and therefore they're being diagnosed more than men. Right. So... Some experts believe that both genders are, in fact, equally affected by depression, but women are more likely to be diagnosed with the disorder. Going against that is the evidence from community surveys, which don't rely on the differential rates at which they might uh, present for help, right? But even then, there is an argument that even when you've got a researcher asking you all the right probing questions, men might be less willing to either less willing to admit to it or less in touch with uh, changes in their mood. 
than women because women are socialised, it's it, arguably, to talk more about feelings. Do you think they're socialised or wired? Socialised. Really? So our brains are pretty much the same, it's just... I do believe that, yeah. Right. But it, it's certainly argued that, and I believe this is probably true, depression can express itself in other ways in men through substance misuse, uh, alcoholism, or, or even aggressive or violent behaviour. Which kind of masks the issue, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, or perhaps it's just a uh, the way that um, uh, the culture allows men to express their distress. That's uh, yeah, that is definitely an episode all, all on its own. I mean, it's much more acceptable for a man to show his distress through hitting the bottle. Yeah, for all the movies show us. It's horrible, isn't it? That um, just due to lack of understanding and, and social conditioning, that people can suffer so much um, unnecessarily. Anyhow, mm. this one is about women. And just quickly, I'm quite interested to read that the rates of seasonal affective disorder, again, which we'll cover in the last episode of this season, um, and bipolar disorder are also more prevalent. Yeah, we'll wait until uh, the, the, the nights draw in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the point, isn't it? Um, yeah, carry on, sorry. Yeah, no, I like it, the nights drawing in and get cosy. I hate fire. it. Okay. Uh, Move along. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, I've touched a nerve. Yeah. But um, it, and also chronic depression, which I think is pronounced uh, dysthymia. Is that right? Dysthymia. Dysthymia. Sorry. Uh, are yeah. all reported twice as likely in, uh, in, women, in women than men. Yeah. Um, which actually kind of makes sense, really. Mm. Mm. Cool. Yeah. All right. So overall, I would say that. The evidence is in favour of women being more vulnerable to depression uh, and getting it more often than men, right? But the size of the gender gap, okay, we can we can debate. But okay. I think I think that overall, putting everything together, we can assume there is a gender gap. But it depression. is quite a controversial thing uh, for you to say that um, that women are more vulnerable to depression, and I think you're putting that down to social conditioning uh, largely. Uh, so I would say there are two main threads of explanation for the, the gender gap. One is to do with the, the unique stresses that women are exposed to. Differences in gender in how they react to stress. Stress reactivity. Got it. Uh, sometimes I'm much more reactive to your belligerence when I'm tired. Right? Correct, yeah. When you turn up expecting to be fed and uh, etc. And, and to have notes and a script and to start immediately as I'm chatting down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes so, you accept that. Okay. So so community surveys find that women are more likely than men to say they're under stress. That doesn't mean necessarily that they are more under stress, but they're more likely than men to say they're under stress. So taken as read, women are exposed to more stresses than men. And then other studies suggest that women are more likely than men to become depressed in response to a stressful event. So that's Got stress it. reactivity. So we can explore those two theories in a bit more detail if you like. Definitely. So just to be clear, and I think you've made it yourself clear as mm. usual, uh, I think you're saying that there are several theories which we're going to explore, one of which is that women, uh, by the nature of the world, are exposed to more stresses that are likely to cause depression, such as maybe abuse in childhood, and we'll talk about that later. And secondly, mm. um, they are they are likely to express feelings of stress better than men, even if they have the same level of stress as a man. And there also seems to be a third thing, which is how they react uh, mm. in ways that might lead to a depressive outcome. Yeah, yeah. Have I got that right? Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, so we'll talk about those. Um, we will come back at the end and talk about hormones as well. But let's kick off. So um, the, the different stresses theory, 
Right. So traumatic experiences, especially early in life, can have a lasting effect on the brain. They can affect um, the, the stress response, um, the cortisol response. Cortisol is a stress hormone. Everyday experiences can also take their toll. So these two things combine. So women are more likely than men to be caregivers, taking care of young children, elderly parents or both. So that would be a chronic low-grade stress. They're more likely to be victims of child sexual abuse, uh, adult sexual assaults and domestic violence. Yeah. Right. There's also uh, women are on average poorer than men. Mm. So that in, and we know that poverty is um, a risk factor for depression. It's certainly a risk factor for stress. I'm thinking about single mothers with young children. Mm. And they have a particularly high rate of depression. That's been shown. But what about other things uh, that, that have chronic stress that, that typically men are exposed to? So I'm thinking of people maybe yeah. uh, in the armed forces, in the police, uh, yeah. fire brigade, etc. Yeah. That, that also have that, what, what you'd call Yeah, they have, they have, that's true. They have stresses unique to them or, or more, that are more common in, in males. Right. And that's why I think we're going to devote another rep to that. Yeah. But, but let's I, stick I, to I women, suppose so. you'd say that there's more women who are giving care to people than there are soldiers and police. Well, it, it, these are the, these are the, you know, the, that's, that's right. Yeah. Right. So, cool. okay. so uh, then th no one is saying that men don't uh, incur stress. But the this the, the theory is that women are are under more stress cumulatively and altogether. So I'll give we've given some good good examples there. I mean, I just wanted to add unequal power and status, which is I'm not about to get on a soapbox and talk about the patriarchy, but <laughs> um, we do know that women are more likely than men to live in poverty, to have de decreased access to community and healthcare resources, and these th 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 this is often a symptom of the fact that they have less power and status in, in many societies. Mm. I mean, um, that's just fact. That's just fact and figures. You can prove that with numbers, right? There's uh, yeah. nothing political about that. Statement. No, no. So that that then causes feelings of negativity, low self-esteem and lack of control over, over your life. That's the theory. So that, again, is making you more vulnerable to other stresses that come along and work overload so women work outside the home and in the home as we've just said they're more likely to be carers they're more like they they, they have the challenges of single parenthood more often they're often working multiple jobs to make ends meet and so on um, and of course the stress of caring for children when you don't have uh, sufficient support to do that and mm. then there are the uh, specific situations like pregnancy and um postpartum that will come to later so that so that's that's the kind of uh first part of the stress kind of hypothesis that it's types of stress the second part is stress reactivity so before we go on to the second part yeah can i just be uh clear are, are you saying that simply because the way society is created yeah. a lot of stressful type responsibility is put on women often yeah, I being a single. That's all you can conclude from that. Yeah, and it does make a it does make an awful lot of sense. Mm. So uh, the way society is made up and the way that men and women have their roles leads role, to yeah. this kind of stress. So it's all about role expectations. Yeah. But is it? Are you saying they're and exposed differences to, in power, perhaps? Yeah, exactly. Are you saying that they're exposed to different types of stresses, which are likely to go and, and down a depressive route, uh, different types, and more of that type of stress? I, I think the, the implication is there's more that they're exposed to cumulatively to more stress. Um, I, but I wouldn't I wouldn't venture to say that the particular stresses that they have are particularly depressive, more depressogenic than than a, a guy 
um, who uh, sees his mate blown up in Afghanistan or whatever. You know, yeah. you can't. I, I think get into dangerous ground if you start saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. women are exposed to um, uh, stresses that are more depressogenic." But they're just the, the argument is they're exposed to more stress for the reasons I've given. Got it. I think you've right. been very clear. That's really. Um, I like the way depressive, depressogenic. Was that a new yeah. word? Yeah, love it. More like to generate depression. Yeah, words, right? depressogenic. So then let's go on to di- different stress reactivity. The two main theories that I picked out on. One, one is that women are more likely to ruminate over events than men. That's quite hard to take for a, for a ruminator like me. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I mean, but, you, you have a lot of female <laughs> characteristics. Thanks, man. I don't mind. No that. problem at I, all. Of course that. you don't. No, that's that. a compliment you have. Um, a lovely chest. Now. <laughs> well, I mean... What, you know, full lips? Yeah. <laughs> full lips, silky skin. Are you coming on to me? Well... I, I didn't want to do this on air, but frankly, no. That's not the first time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, so I think women are more likely to ruminate over events than men do. Well, that's been shown by research. I think that's controversial. I think it's controversial. I ruminate a hell of a lot. Mm. I know you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but we are, I suppose, talking about generalities here. Mm. We're, we're trying to explain a difference at the population level between men and women. And uh, But again, are you saying uh, nature, nurture, you're going on the uh, nurture side, I think? Um, or you were before. But maybe I'm, this I'm is not different. necessarily coming down on either mm. side for that. And uh, as you know, I think that most um, mental phenomena, whether they're psychiatric or, 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 or normal, healthy um, processes, mm. are part genetic, part um, upbringing. Part it's experience. very funny. I mean, I've got a son and a daughter. And so I've got just two data points to talk about, frankly. Yeah. And they they did, they did. I think respond to stress is in different ways. And yeah. I think my daughter does ruminate and think and work out what happened and trying to um, um, uh, put a put a logical pattern, a logical model around what's what's happening. Yeah. Whereas my son tends to uh, blunder through or mm. just ignore it. Mm. Uh, and you know, these are just two human beings out of. Uh, seven and a half billion but there, there does perhaps seem to be something in it although he's changing now isn't he he's become a bit more vocal about such things yeah yeah i think what i'm saying yeah, that's right yeah so i think what we're saying is, is the natural male reaction seems to be something's bothering me i'm just going to carry on um oh i'm drinking five pints and that seems to be helping yeah. shit i feel terrible in the morning but, but that, that Whereas, observation does not help uh determine um whether this is nature or nurture does it because Not you really. will have reared him differently. Yeah, exactly. To your daughter, possibly. Exactly. Exactly, and and you do that unconsciously. You try yeah. not. You try not to. Right. But uh, I think you do that. Do that unconsciously. Interesting debate. Maybe for another day. Well, it is an interesting debate. So okay. So that that that, that is the <clears throat> one theory. Rumination theory. The other one is activity levels. This surprised me. Oh. And I thought uh, the, the, there was a, the inference that uh, it was really just one in one study that I found. It's intriguing that um, lack of exercise might explain the gender gap in depression in that women might be too busy doing all the things we've mentioned to actually get regular exercise, whereas men might be, and they may be in more sedentary roles on the whole at work. Women? Than men. Oh, is that the theory? So physical activity is known to boost mood in people with, with depression, right? And it's known to be a good stress buster and therefore prevent depression as well. So is there any evidence to say that women as a, as a whole in the population are less active than men? Yeah, that's that's what they found. Wow. And they found that that was was an independent factor in 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 in, in explaining or it was associated with 
Uh, depression. That theory sounded absolutely whack when you first told me, but I'm getting it. Yeah. It's possible, eh? And I have to, I have to stress, this is, you know, probably needs replicating. And uh, and obviously there's a chicken and egg problem because when you're depressed, you're, you're less active. Yeah. So those are the kind of stress level theories. So more stress and increased sensitivity to stress, so we say. Yeah. And then, of course, the big one, which everyone, I think, the man in the street thinks is is would would do straight away reach for the hormonal exa- explanation. Mm. I don't know what you think, but uh, well, I, think I tell you, most what, people think about that, don't they? I don't know too much about hormones, but is it true factually that um, obviously we know about the the hormonal monthly cycle of women? But yeah. is it is it true that there is more uh, changes in hormones in women than men generally? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have a cycling of, of menstrual cycle, obviously, mm-hmm. and a proportion of women will have something that's much more serious than the the kind of brief blues and uh, physical discomfort that is associated premenstrually. Some people will get premenstrual depressive disorder. Right. Um, and, and does that disappear? That's once? an obvious difference between uh, women and men straight away. And, and this this um, uh, a depression that may be associated with hormonal changes that occur as a result of the, of the menstrual cycle, are, are they, therefore, do they produce depressive symptoms and depressive episodes that are also cyclic in that Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so people can be depressed for, also severe depressive symptoms just for a few days in every month. Mm, that, or that's week. amazing. Or a week. Yeah. Wow. And is it, do they get to the point where they can't function for yes. that week? Yeah. Wow, that's extraordinary. So the actually the correct term is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which actually does respond quite often to treatment with um, an SSRI antidepressant. And do you have to take the SSRI permanently? Yeah, sort of prophylactically. Yeah. yeah, prophylactically for three weeks and. <laughs> well, no, you just take it, take it ongoing. Yeah, because of course, uh, the as we discussed in the antidepressants episode, these things take a while to uh, to kick in, and also it's not great to stop be stopping and starting any any medication like that. So when we talk about the we talk about the hierarchy, which goes anxiety, depression, psychosis, could it get to the stage where there's periodic psychosis, which is in line we, with the with the menstrual cycle? cycle. Yeah, it has been it has been recorded, but wow. it's not common. Right, so that's very rare. Wow. Um, so then we come on to pregnancy, which is the other obvious difference to men and women is that they can be pregnant, get pregnant. I mean, and uh, as much as you like to get pregnant, Ollie. I'd where's love the, it. Where's the fetus going to gestate? Well, there's no womb. Cardboard box. I've literally no womb, but I'd love to feel special. And apparently, mm. it's very good for your hair. It makes it certainly when my wife was pregnant, her hair was shiny and lush. I mean, it's always very nice. And her bosoms were full, obviously. Her bosoms were fuller. Um, um, yeah, God, we really no, are. She, two had, old that, blokes, she had that pregnant we? glow. We really are two old blokes. Her skin was That's beautiful. ridiculous, isn't it? As well. But I think that's fine. So anyway, so dramatic, <laughs> dramatic hormonal changes occur during pregnancy, mm. and these can affect mood. Mm. They right. certainly can. Um, but not just that. Um, there are a big. It's a big deal dealing with pregnancy, um, especially if there are problems in the relationship. The women need to feel secure in their pregnancy, right? Right. But if uh, if there's if they don't have a great relationship with the father, yeah, that that's gonna that's gonna make them more prone. Um, I think there's one thing that we're very of, yeah. it, we can be very insensitive towards mm. uh, when women are pregnant is the, uh, the the dramatic visual changes in the body, mm. which uh, men find. Well, I found fifty percent visual changes. Well, they get a, a big tummy. 
Oh, I see. They uh, become the same self-conscious that it affects the body image. Well, exactly where yeah. I was coming yeah, to. Because yeah. men look at that. And I looked at my wife when she was pregnant. And I thought she looked extra specially beautiful. And also, I was just like fascinated by yeah. the changes in her body. Typical bloke. God, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. And also, I thought she looked wonderful. But I can I can imagine with, with people who are sensitive to body image, uh, they could almost feel that that looks grotesque. Nah, well, maybe. Um, I, I, I hope not. But yeah, it's probably... Maybe... It may be, be some. It would be particularly important, perhaps, for women that are ex- excessively preoccupied with their body image. Right. Um, someone with borderline eating disorders, for example. That, right. I could imagine that Got would it. be particularly difficult. And of course, there are imposed lifestyle changes, aren't there, for, on you from being pregnant? When you become heavily pregnant, and it it becomes um, very difficult to work uh, for some yeah. for some women. That's not going to suit them. They'd yeah. rather be at work. Also, it's uh, the, the chronic not being able to move around. If you're pregnant in the summer, uh, as my wife was, you're too hot all the time. Mm. And it's just a pain in the arse. Pain frankly. in the bum. Uh, yeah. Or, okay. or whatever. Yeah. So um, then, of course, we have to consider the situation where the pregnancy is perhaps unwanted or unintended. Mm. And then finally, uh, an interesting one, which is um, stopping antidepressants. Because uh, some women who become pregnant have a history of recurrent depression of, of needed antidepressants um and sometimes uh, stopping an antidepressant without medical advice is the wrong thing to do, do should you uh, stop taking antidepressants when you're pregnant or does it not affect it, the baby? It, it, it needs to go on a case by case really basis. okay yeah um on on the whole it's antidepressants are best avoided in the first trimester it really mm. just—it's all about weighing up the risks versus the benefits of continuing to prescribe. So put it this way: if or, you or felt, in fact balancing up the risks. Yeah. So if you felt that a patient was not likely to have a depressive episode for <clears throat> coming coming off the drugs for a first trimester, which is three months or whatever, um, you would probably recommend it. Look, I mean, one example might be someone who has um, had very severe depressions and not being able to function um, and then you feel there's a very high risk of them going into a severe depression mm. if they stop then mm. then the risk of going into that depression might be higher than that than continuing with the antidepressants. Understood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so um, should we talk about puberty by the way if we're talking about hormones? Are we, we still we, talking well, pregnancy? I suppose we skip that but yeah. um, so the evidence suggests that the gender gap develops from puberty onwards. From puberty the prevalence is uh, twice as high in women. And pre-puberty and no difference pre-puberty. Ah, but then so. depression is very rare pre-puberty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the obvious difference there is that women go through the the, the, the menarche, they they start to menstruate. Right. Not that their body changes more than and the boys would. And their body would. changes and that. And the body and shape changes more than the boy. Their body changes. You get, often get puppy fat, that kind of thing. That mm. can affect uh, self-image and so on. Um, yeah. Um, it's also the time when you're... But, but this affects both genders, of course. You're thinking about what your role is in society. You're develop or your role in your peer group. Yeah, figure out who you are mm. kind of personality. And got. as you become an adult, it becomes uh, overwhelming. It could become and you've overwhelming. You've got huge peer pressure, quite yeah. often. Yeah. Um, so if you do get, uh, I mean, one of the risk factors for developing eating disorders is is this sort of um, bit of puppy fat you get. Uh, in, right. in early puberty, often yeah. in girls, yeah. which then goes, yeah. but it can lead to serious um, 
image problems if if it's not addressed properly. Yeah, my daughter's and parents friends. got a lot to say about. Uh, yeah, got a lot of influence over this stage. Yeah, you've got to be. I'm hugely sensitive to this, and I can overhear my daughter's friends talking about this. I'm mm. so I'm so fat. I wish I was thinner. And you're just like you know like. Just, and at this point, it's important to to say that eating disorders are, of course, much much more common in women than men, and low weight is associated with depression. Ah, physiologically. So that could definitely be a factor. We know this because uh, if someone develops anorexia nervosa, um, controlled weight gain leads to an improvement in mood, independent of all other factors. Right. Um, so there's a strong link between depression in women and eating disorders. So, yeah, moving on then, because we, we were at pregnancy, um, most people will be aware that postpartum depression affects between 10 and 15 percent of women in the west which is quite a lot oh you say in the west yeah. um is it more prevalent in the west it's more prevalent in the west that's uh, that's interesting actually that's got to be relevant. certainly certainly lower in prevalence in um i always pick out the example of hong kong because uh, there is a tradition there for the family to to in, basically invade your home oh my god <laughs> your in-laws and everyone no but seriously um it is expected of you to go and take on all the household chores um while the uh, post postpartum basically Mm -hmm. um and they and it is it is thought that that is is it's next one of the explanations for a much lower rate of postnatal depression in that society when i think of postnatal depression it just is such a horrific thing Imagine the symptoms of depression and then overlaid on that is an incredible amount of work, an incredible amount of stress mm. and mm. the expectation from everybody around you that you should be the oh, happiest yeah, it woman should be alive. Na- you should be natu- a natural yeah. caregiver from Don't, the word go, yeah. no matter what, um, how exhausted you are, yeah. no matter if you've got breastfeeding problems or you had birth complications uh, or an exhaustingly mm. long labour. Yeah. You're expected to just bond with the baby just like that very, very um, difficult take on all the relationships so no i remember i remember looking at my son for the first time uh, held him in my arms and he was about two minutes old and i looked at him and felt nothing and uh, i felt absolutely terrified that i was a terrible father imagine the mother hmm. feeling that hmm. and the mother all the expectations yeah, well, on bonding the mother. takes time and it? i didn't know the bonding took time and for hmm. a woman to feel that, no one told you absolutely awful hmm. and then to be depressed it just makes me shiver uh, the suffering that um, hmm. some women must go through um, but thankfully, ninety oh, percent of women don't. So, yeah. But it is a potential explanation again for the gen- gender gap. Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah, it's a really good question. It's a brilliant question. Uh, I've slightly overplayed this question. It's kind of average. It better be good now. But, and I think I've found the cure. No, mm. if um, if a woman's suffered um, post postpartum, why can we call it postnatal? What? Why do we have to call it postpartum now? We call it postnatal. Thanks. Either will do. Honestly, I just got used to postnatal, just, and then everyone goes postpartum. Go, what is it? What's the difference? There's no no difference really. Stupid yeah. having two different words. Postnatal depression for for one of her children before, or maybe two. Um, you, I imagine, would try and take some steps with her second, third, fourth baby yeah. uh, to do some preventative mm. measures to make mm. sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah, I mean, normally, uh, you'd. You know, if she doesn't, she should. But normally, she would. Uh, the GP would be uh, aware, and services would be alerted. Health visitors should, uh, well, certainly the the midwife and the health visitor work together. 
and possibly with a psychiatrist uh, from a, a perinatal service mm. that would advise on that. And if you're the partner of a woman who's given birth and, and you're wondering mm. whether there's a, a postpartum, let's call it postpartum, be trendy, postpartum problem, what, what are the things Why to is that trendy? <laughs> I mean, isn't postpartum? <laughs> Move on, man. Listen, oh, sorry, no, I listen. am getting a bit. So, 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 I should just point out though that it, it it's not just a previous history of postnatal depression that would increase your risk. It would also be a history of any depression at any time. Got that it. Would increase your risk, and that's also the case for um, depression associated with pregnancy. That makes a lot of sense because it uh, goes back to your um, theory of a yeah. vulnerability yeah. and b stressor. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a myth for a long time that women who were pregnant didn't get depressed. <laughs> and we now know that if you look for it, you'll find it. And yeah. a lot of women do get depressed in pregnancy. But, yeah. And then, of course... Um, you haven't even answered my brilliant question. Uh, uh, which oh, was? no, you did ask my brilliant question. My second one, not quite so good, but even so. If um, my partner's had a baby, yeah, um, and I, I, I'm worried about part, postpartum depression, mm. what are the kind of things I look out for? Are these similar things, the same things... Yeah. Uh, that you would in any depressed person. Yeah, you would look for the same core symptoms of depression, but warning signs are things like interrupted or poor sleep, diff difficulties bonding with the child, uh, anxiety or feeling numb, crying more often than usual, inability to care for the baby, thoughts of suicide, like you get in, in any major depression, God, and, and sometimes thoughts of harming the baby, but they would be tend to be um, fantasies as opposed to something that would be yeah not not active or serious yeah. uh, uh, plans if, if those develop that would be an indicator of, of something more serious like puerperal psychosis which we're not really covering in this episode that's about one in a thousand women it's much, much rarer hmm. um yeah horrible 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 terrible well so so we know so 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 i hope that answers the question but yeah um, it does it does it does of course it does uh, doctor you always answer the question so um, then, then we've got, of course, the menopause and the perimenopause. Oh God, there's another when word. Hormones What's change, the hell is when hormones change again, yeah. uh, or can fluctuate erratically, um, but it's a, there's a, of course, a big drop in um, levels of estrogen right. around, around this time. But it's also interestingly uh, often a time when the children have left home to go to university, and there's an empty, what they call an empty nest syndrome as well. So, so this is your cumulative biological and on. social things yeah. going on. Got it. By the way, what is perimenopause? Well, peri just means around the menopause, so oh. before, during, and after. Huh. Um, so it. it's the transition, which is actually a process and takes some time. Hmm. It's not such a, it's not a you know, single event. Well, it's so, a, I suppose it's a little bit like beginning uh, menstruating when you're in puberty it mm. doesn't suddenly happen overnight as it were mm. so most people who experience uh bothersome menopausal symptoms like the hot flushes bothersome? well i was going to say bothersome yeah well nice. uh, that's probably um, <laughs> is that understating it i'm sure it's hot. <laughs> no, i'm it, sure it's um irritating <laughs> and unpleasant but most most women do not become uh, depressed uh, during the menopause but there are certain uh, factors that increase the risk i think what is really interesting you made very clear but i, I want to say it again is this sort of cumulative um, idea that you could almost put a, it's a little bit black mirror, 
uh, to, to think you could put a score on what your vulnerability is and yeah. what scores your, your stresses are. But if you are going through some kind of biological change, which is not insignificant, yeah. be it puberty, menopause, and particularly pregnancy, yeah. with additional stressors, and actually having a baby is incredibly stressful. Whether, yeah. whether it's a joyful event, which of course it is, it's still stressful. Yeah. Like going on holiday can be stressful. Mm. Um, that does explain quite brilliantly, really, what 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 could be the differences between men and women in the in prevalence of depression? Yeah. So that that's been quite an eye opener for me. You've got more. Uh, well, just to say, other risk factors uh, apart from stressful life events, um, uh, history of, of depression at other times. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, interrupted or poor sleep, um, weight gain or higher BMI, um, menopause at a younger age younger than ah, expected really? uh, and menopause caused by you know surgical removal of the ovaries like you know hist- like a total hysterectomy or something do, do, do you think women um uh suffer from this thing that most men don't which is there is now a point in my life where i can't have children or i can't have any more children and can that um uh, make you feel uh, introspective and sad actually that there's something that's really important in your life i.e the ability to reproduce is gone mm. whereas with men it well as we know can uh and that's just gonna completely depend on the individual i guess okay i mean some women are gonna say no never again one's enough yeah <laughs> two's yeah. enough or whatever yeah uh, so, or i'm glad i'm no so. longer having periods actually or, or, i suppose or uh yeah 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 um i i mean i i suppose i can't imagine that any woman would would um just shrug it off and carry on there'll no. be in a period of adjustment I think so, almost morning. And I would have be, thought. Yeah, I would have thought so. And just for some individual, some uh, women, um, that that would would trigger depression, I guess. So, should we do a summary? I think we should do a summary. Yeah. We sometimes forget, and then we kick ourselves. We're, 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 we're quite cross with ourselves if we don't do a summary. I'm very cross with myself, yeah. Do you want me to try? Yeah, you're good at this. Well, I am, but I've had to absorb a lot. You've been on form today, Doc. Uh, <laughs> you've given me a lot of data. <laughs> We've both been on form, eh? Yeah, I think I enjoyed. Good. I've enjoyed this one maybe because I was worried dry about... more often. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe we but, that's impo- but that's impossible, of course. <laughs> it's impossible in the evening because yeah. I can't function no. without uh, <laughs> having a little bit of uh, a little bit of the old uh, yes. uh, ethanol yes. in the old bloodstream. Yes. Uh, so what I've learned is this: I've learned that um, biologically and the brain-wise, is, uh, from a brain perspective, little difference. But we can't ignore the difference in uh, least reported cases of depression are higher significantly higher in women in the west and around the world i've learned that there's um the cumulative effect of stress and that and that um interestingly women due to societal reasons and just the way that we're set up suffer from different stresses than men do and more stresses than men do potentially and there is also this reaction to stress which again might be different in women than it is in men mm-hmm. And might result in more depressive um, symptoms mm. and then overlaid with that are hormonal changes which may be additive in terms of um, additional stresses which mm. also might make a difference and it's explained to me uh, quite a lot i think have i missed anything there? no man nice one i think we should leave it there i think we should i enjoyed that yeah that was see you next good. time hey thanks for joining us on why the long face as ever we're here to inform hopefully and entertain but we're not here to give you medical advice there is, however, information on our website, ytlf.com, that's W-H-Y-T-L-F.com, about where to get help. See you next time.